welcome to the Innovation Engine Podcast. I'm Will Sherlin coming to you from sunny Las Vegas this week, where we're at the NAB show along with about 100,000 others that are in the business of creating and distributing content. If you're picking up some background noise, that's the buzz in the air that comes from having hundreds, if not thousands, of cutting-edge, innovative companies under one roof here in the Las Vegas Convention Center. As I mentioned on last week's podcast, this week I'll be walking the floor to talk to some of the companies that I think have eye-popping, innovative products on display that may just revolutionize the way you consume content on your TV, smartphone, tablet, computer, or who knows where else. So without further ado, let's start making the rounds to see what we can see at the NAB show. All right, so I'm here with Bernie Reno of AccuWeather. He's just finished displaying the Storyteller app. Bernie, can you give us uh, a brief rundown on what the Storyteller app allows news organizations to do? Well, it's going to allow them to pull in viewers. The Storyteller is an interactive touch solution with uh, customized applications for news, sports, weather, travel, finance. It is the interactive solution for your entire newsroom. It's going to increase your viewership, your ratings, and your revenue. We just went through the demo, and you saw people walking away with their jaws wide open. So we saw minute-by-minute weather forecasts. Uh, We saw... Uh, master's predictions from the crowd? Yeah, our applications, and here's the thing about our applications, we have a crime app. It is real-time crime reports that come in. We partner with Alert ID, so that is real-time information. The second I update the graphic, that information comes in, and it tells you when it happened. Not only the day, it gives you the time and the exact location. And what you can also do, it's the manipulation. You double tap, it comes up the box. You can move it around the screen. We have traffic information, real-time traffic information. We partner with Inrex. They are the leader in traffic information. We can show you on that map where the traffic is moving slow, fast, or stop. And we can also show you the current speed on any roadway in that area. Also, accidents, they occur like that in the snap of a finger. We can show you that. We can also show you where there are uh, construction. So when you watch a station using Storyteller, using the traffic app, you're not surprised, and you're going to get to work on time. All right, last question, and the thing that brought me over, the, uh, the HD drone. Can you tell us about that? Well, the Storyteller allows you to ingest four live video inputs, and you can get them anywhere, including the drone. We have it overlooking the AccuWeather booth right now, and that sends the video into the Storyteller, and you have access to it. And also, not only does it show you the video, but you can manipulate it, you can circle it, you can put icons on it. So it's just not information. It's interactive information. All right, so AccuWeather, maybe AccuNews sometime Accu soon. AccuNews, that's right. Maybe you'll see me on. But this, the thing about the Storyteller, it's just not snooze. It's just not sports. It's just not weather. It's just not traffic. It's just not crime. It's just not entertainment. It is the solution for your entire newscast. Awesome. Bernie Reno, he's always on. Thanks very much. Uh, my pleasure. Enjoy the rest of the show. Absolutely. All right, so I'm here in the Verizon booth with Jack Arkey. He's in product development with Verizon. Uh, and right in front of us, we have a Samsung, looks like a, an S4, or a Galaxy. Uh, a, a Note 3. A, a Note 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what is that, a tab? 
device? Yes, yeah, so this is a, a tablet. This was actually made uh, specifically for this demo by a company called Sequence uh, out of France. Okay. Um, the reason we were showing this is that we wanted to show that the ecosystem is broad for LT multicast. Uh, the idea behind multicast, of course, is that you can send a single stream, a single uh, stream that could be video, could be data, anything, and uh, tens of thousands of people could tune to it. So uh, what we're showing here, what we're demonstrating here, is what we showed at the Super Bowl, around the Super Bowl uh, this year. We were set up in Bryant Park, and we were doing uh, this demonstration of LT multicast uh, with uh, NFL content could be any application. Uh, Multicast is, a, is basically a service layer. We provide APIs to application developers okay. and um, allows them to talk to a middleware that needs to be on the device. Mm -hmm. And then there needs to be uh, modem hardware that can actually receive multicast signals. So for example, this Node 3 is on the market today from Samsung. Mm -hmm. uh, it has the hardware built in, okay. uh, but we got a special build of their uh, OS so that we could demonstrate the, the technology. Okay. So uh, you'll start to see devices show up uh, toward the end of the year that will uh, support multicast and going forward Verizon Wireless will you know, require our OEMs to support multicast. So you'll see lots and lots of devices coming out with multicast in 2015. Okay, great. So you'll, you'll see pictures of this on the blog along with the podcast post, but we have four video feeds going into the same screen. Uh, stats on the right side of the screen. You also can look at uh, Twitter mentions. Mm -hmm. uh, player, uh, player statistics. So all of this stuff was updating live uh, to the device during the game. Um, we were there the entire Super Bowl week, so prior to that we had alternate camera angles we were showing from the AFC and NFC championships. Uh, one channel was showing just the uh, uh, Super Bowl from the previous year, and then that switched out to a live feed of the Super Bowl uh, during the game, and then we were getting all this updated uh, data information over here. Very nice. Yeah. Over here we also had the NFL network, and then this four panel, you can actually just touch on one of the four screens to tune to one of the channels. Nice. And it's just like you would at home watching you know, your television. You're, you can go to full screen... And this was made, of course, so that you could see this on the on the device. It's been encoded for the device. The fact that we've got it up on a big monitor here is just so that uh, when we've got a big crowd, they can see what we're doing on the device. Very cool. Yeah. So, uh, any plans to roll this out to uh, NFL stadiums so that if you're sitting at a at a stadium watching the game, you could also mm -hmm. tune into a number of other games? Or yeah. So we're working with the NFL. Of course, we're a, a a big sponsor of, of the NFL and we work with the NFL and uh, on the, the mobile rights so sure um, we're uh, working with our NFL mobile application and with the NFL we're going to build multicast into it one of the big use cases is um, you know folks like to watch red zone when they're at a venue sure and uh, that's one of the problems we solve with multicast you know when a bunch of folks are trying to all tune to say a red zone stream in a stadium um, the conditions start to go down, right? Because you've got so many people in one area all trying to take advantage of that, of that stream, right? And they're each grabbing a copy for themselves. Right. With multicast, we can send the red zone out to that stadium and everybody can be listening to that one, one broadcast. Awesome. Right? So uh, we don't do any adaptive. You know, it's just one high-quality stream and that quality is maintained throughout the experience. So uh, 
um, that's the big improvement here with watching video over multicast. All right, love it. Well, it looks like the perfect solution for anyone with ADD, which I think a lot of us have <laughs> in this generation. That's right. <laughs> awesome. Thanks a lot, Jack. All Appreciate right, it. Yep, well. Okay, I'm here with Gear Skoden of DTS, a company that works with audio and does a lot of innovative work in the surround sound space. They recently unveiled a new product that allows surround sound to be played through any headphones. Is it DTS X headphones? Did I get that right? DTS Headphone X, correct. And it uh, has a tremendous impact on how people are engaged with video on mobile devices specifically. Okay. So our history is from the cinema and the home theater space. And now as we're starting to address the connected consumer, more and more of the consumption happens on mobile devices. And I think for video viewing, tablets is becoming a material part of the market. Mm -hmm. And what Headphone X does, it allows someone viewing video on um, a tablet to have a really room-like surround experience with their favorite pair of headphones. Okay. The processing sits in the media layer of the app, or it could sit on the phone or the tablet itself. And when you play surround video through it, basically it externalizes the sound and gives you that true theater experience, even on a mobile device. Okay, got it. And who are some of the companies, some of the media companies that you work with? So this is brand new, so we're having a lot of uh, conversations with the different leading media companies here at this show. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a service launched uh, in China, which was the first market shipping the phones. Okay. Um, so for Vivo in China, which is one of the major mobile uh, media services, they, they send all their premium content this way. Mm -hmm. um, we've also used uh, some of this development time to do some consumer studies, and, and I want to highlight the fact that we did a neuroscience study where measured that measures people's brain activity as they watch different videos in terms of video formats, audio formats. And when we looked at um, the level of engagement and memory coding that the brain activity was doing uh, when you compared someone watching with regular stereo to headphone X, um, it went up over 60%. Wow. So, tremendous impact. The other interesting fact that as we were varying video quality, we could not find a significant difference statistical significant difference between the video at 240p to 1080p. So when you think about overall what that does for a service provider, it allows you, if you allocate slightly more for the audio, you can have less video, you have a greater overall experience, so you get better engagement, lower cost in terms of bandwidth and distribution, and, uh, and, and it's just a... Uh, Tremendous, uh, tremendous experience compared to you know, what most people associate with mobile listening, which is kind of in your head to earbuds sure. type of experience. So as we know here at the Innovation Engine Podcast, it's all about the sound. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> you got it. All right. So I'm here with Ken Leppingwell of Wegener based down in Atlanta. And they have a very cool product that catches a lot of people's eyes as they walk past. Uh, does facial recognition, so tells demographics, tells, uh, gives sentient analysis, if that's the right way to say it, or sentiment analysis, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, can, can you give a little background on kind of the state of the product and the, uh, the idea for launching it in the market? Well, what we're doing is um, uh, we're using facial recognition software. It's a third-party software. Comes out of really out of the security industry. We are not. We don't capture any kind of images or store any kind of images. But what we do capture is with the information we can tell fairly accurately what the uh, gender of uh, a person watching it, an approximate age, 
and some some clues as to whether they're happy, sad, and what they're in, what they feel while they're while they're looking at what they're doing. At the trade show, we have it set up on a screen so people can see themselves and the readouts of what they are, and it's very comical to watch everybody sit there and play with their faces and try to affect the uh, affect the what's on the screen sure now the real world use of it is we package that with our digital signage product so that we always have sent back affidavits as to what as run logs as to what played when but now we add the additional data is here your ad played at four o'clock on Tuesday and there were two adult males one adult female and a child watching it and they seem to enjoy themselves. So what that does is, is give the, the network operator uh, more value uh, to sell to an advertiser about placing ads on their network. It's currently in, uh, we're still in evaluation as to specific uh, uh, vendors for the, for the software. Uh, we're working with a couple of them currently here in our booth. And we um, uh, have done some field trials uh, in, the, in the real world in some of our in some of our networks that were very positively received. And I imagine it uh, has to be urban areas, or it's somewhere where you're close enough to a to a billboard for it to read your face. Like, what's the range on on how far it can pick something? Well, up? typically it's in a, it's not on a billboard, but on the uh, digital signing, sure. like like you might see at, at the mall or in a store, you know. There, uh, you start to see more and more in supermarkets and retail where they're, oh, here's the, um, here's the, the soap section and here's some ads running about soaps and some informational thing to give people some interest. That's where we would capture, oh, that ad actually stopped somebody. And when we started running that, not only here's the people who came by and watched and here's what happened to sales in that section during that period. Got it. And are there, I imagine there could be many other applications. Security is one that, that comes to mind for airports. Sure. sure. Uh, do you have plans to move into other areas uh, beyond digital signage? Uh, right now, uh, that's an augmentation to our digital signage product, and we don't have real um, uh, plans to move, take that to other places. But as, as things grow, you know, there's all, we're always looking for ways to use it. All right. Never say never. Thanks very much. Correct. Thank you. All right, so I'm down here with Chris Black from VizRT, and the thing that pulled me in was their social TV solution. So, Chris, for uh, for folks who are out there listening, can you give kind of an overview of what the social TV uh, solution allows networks, I assume, to do? That's right. The, the social TV solution allows networks to look at all the social media that's coming in and then use that to visualize stories. Okay. So let's talk about, maybe uh, look at things like happened with the uh, plane crash, mm -hmm. for instance. People were tweeting about this all over the world, and what we can do with the VizRT social TV solution is look at not just what they're saying, but also how their mood is when they say it. Okay. And so we can break that down into different demographics. We can break it down to geographic locations so that we can see, yeah, you know, uh, China has this feeling about it. India has this feeling about it. And men in China from the ages of 14 to 35 had this feeling about it. And we okay. can do the same thing with elections as well. So it's all about analyzing the social media content that's coming in and turning that into content that you can use on air. And of course, there's more to it than that, too. I mean, you also want to be able to use social media to reach out to your audience. Mm -hmm. So you're going to be able to moderate the content. You have different tweets, Facebook posts, um, you know, images, uh, th uh, videos, things like that from Vine. Sure. And you can take that content and say, okay, well, you know, these are some great things. I want to use these different tweets on air. And so you see all these tweets coming, choose the ones that you want, and then we're able to distribute that on air. 
or if you take it into the uh, second screen aspect of it all, we're able to moderate the content and send back to specific users. So we can say, okay, this uh, Twitter user says some great things about it. I want to respond to them. And if they have the second screen app, I can respond back to them and they get a little pop-up on the second screen app. And then they can do things like talk back or vote on a poll and have all that content appear on our system. And it's all live. It's all happening in real time. Okay, nice. And are there are there networks that you can share who are using the who are using the product already? Uh, yeah, uh, there's a couple I can't say, <laughs> but just imagine the big ones in the U.S. Sure. Uh, but uh, Univision is one I can say that we're use, that's using us. Um, CBC in Canada, um, uh, and then. Um, yeah, I can't say those. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, all I say is there are very major networks in the United States that are using this, and actually, almost all the major networks in the United States use VizRT. So this is a small piece of it. So when they buy VizRT graphics solutions, the social TV solution is a very small item that they add to it with very little cost, and so it's a no-brainer for them. So. Most of the time, if they have VizRT, they're using this too. Okay, great. Yeah. Another another area where you all play that, that has seen a lot of traction or a lot of uh, buzz at this year's NAB show is 4K TV. Yeah. So that's the next generation beyond, I guess, HD or 3D. Sure. Uh, for listeners out there that may not have seen a 4K TV, what's the what's the difference between that and a regular HD TV? Well, first of all, it's of course number of pixels. It's four times as big as an HD TV. But it actually is a lot more than that. Okay. You know, people are thinking about 4K as the size of the TV. But there is a lot of production that goes into using 4K that actually benefits broadcasters. So if you think about a, a football game, for instance, uh, you know, there's something happening on the field, and uh, maybe there is uh, uh, something that happened in the corner of the video feed that came in that actually caused a penalty that you couldn't really see because it wasn't in the center of the screen. Mm -hmm. With 4K, you're actually shooting with a lot more pixels. So then we can zoom down to that location, to that corner of the screen, still have a very clear shot of what is happening, and be able to highlight that better for the viewers. So it's not just about big TVs, it's also about being able to do more with the screen that you have coming in. So if we'd had it when that Packers-Seahawks game ended on Monday night a few years back, we may have known for real who really won that game. Exactly. We would have been, just been able to zoom down to that location, still have a very clear picture, and be able to send that home to our viewers. Awesome. Good deal. Thanks so much, Chris. Yeah, no problem. Really appreciate it. Thanks. All right, so I'm here with Gary Nerlinger, the founder of GigaNet TV. Uh, they're our next-door neighbors here at CF. All right, I'm here with Gary Nerlinger, the founder of GigaNet TV, and they're our next-door neighbors here at the NAB Show. Uh, they have an amazing product on display uh, that allows you to pull in content from multiple different sources and display them all on the same screen. So, Gary, can you give kind of a quick overview of what your product allows companies or individuals to do? Very simply, it's the optimized, personalized digital experience that everybody has uh, been wanting. And, and asking for. It's the ultimate multitasking social TV, TV everywhere um, platform. It allows anyone to view any combination up to 30 data streams on any one screen on any device. And with the multitasking obsession in the world today, that's the overwhelming demand that is prevalent in the marketplace. And that has been absolutely demonstrated here at the NAB because we have been absolutely inundated and overwhelmed by companies from all over the world, cable companies, 
satellite companies, telephone companies, uh, ministers of, of, of finance and, and, and uh, commerce from European countries all over the, all over the world, um, South America, uh, uh, Africa, uh, Canada, Mexico, uh, just inundated. And not only for the video entertainment industry, we have seen an onslaught of other applications for the technology for or areas or arenas that we thought possibly we could get into, but it was very obvious that the demand for this sort of technology that allows you to view multiple screens simultaneously for law enforcement, the military, the United States military um, is very interested in, in, in doing um, uh, a transaction with us. They want this technology. Um, educational purposes. Mm -hmm. um, we had a gentleman who owns a, a, a thousand wineries for business um, to be able to send to his customers um, for purposes of medicine and hospitals mm -hmm. to be able to view the, the, the uh, various angles and get a, a different um, angle and a different perspective uh, on a multitude and a, and a multitasking and a, and a simultaneous fashion that's never been presented in, in the marketplace. So sure. it's been received overwhelmingly. Those, the, the, those are the words that we, we, we've, been, we've been very pleased, to say the least. Yeah, well, that has to be exciting for you. I was talking to one of your uh, early investors yesterday, and it sounds like this is a product that's almost a decade in the making. Yes. Uh, original $30 million investment and yes. a recently closed $22 million round. Yes. So what are plans for, uh, for the product from here? The, uh, the, the new funding round will be absolutely used for rolling out um, a diverse product, mm -hmm. um, first in the United States, um, overseas, uh, United Kingdom, uh, Germany, Europe, South America, um, can't take, can't take the whole world in in, in, in one day. Obviously, right? Uh, we can't bite off more than we can chew. Sure. We have to grow the company in a uh, in a uh, in a smart fashion, mm -hmm. grow it uh, economically and, and, and in a way that uh, satisfies um, shareholders, manages the growth, uh, does the right thing for our partners, mm -hmm. and, and 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 allows us to service our customers. Um, on a growing basis and a, uh, a symbiotic relationship. That's what business is all about. We all know that. Sure. When you have a product that hits the market that is so overwhelmingly accepted, um, you can grow too fast. Mm -hmm. And we'll use that capital to grow the company, marketing, advanced research and development. We have in the pipeline various other um, features that will be implemented from research and development, which is augmented reality, um, voice recognition, uh, optic uh, um, uh, facial re uh, recognition. When you walk by your device, it will know you. Um, we're we're going to be calling it Smarty. Okay. Um, <clears throat> we've had interest from the largest um, smart TV makers. They want to take our application and put it into their TVs as well on a global basis. So, to say the least. The technology has been accepted and, 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 and 
the demand is overwhelming. Sure. And it's so, up to us to control that growth. So first the U.S., then the world. To put it mildly, yes. <laughs> great. Well, thanks very much. Congratulations. Uh, looks like a great technology, and I uh, look forward to seeing it in the marketplace. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate it very much. Thank you. Okay, so I'm over here in the North Building with a company called ETRI. They're demonstrating a prototype of an augmented broadcasting tool. Can you give us kind of a brief overview of what it is that we're looking at? Okay, so um, basically it's called a augmented broadcasting technology. It's based on the augmented reality concept. So when you uh, record a video, you can like alter the image or add content to it. That's the concept. So here, um, when you watch TV, you have initial programs. Everybody gets the same content, same subtitles. Um, but what we have here is that on top of the initial program, you overlay extra content to make it more customized or personalized experience for the viewers. Okay, got it. And we're looking at uh, at a robot called Keybot also? Yeah, um, the Keybot is a little robot you see here. For our demonstrations, um, he connects wirelessly to our content, uh, our programs, and then he will be that overlaying extra content. So he dances when the little character stands, and he invites the kids to dance with him. He winks at him, and um, he also uh, responds to the dialogues and make it more fun and interacting for the children. And what can the children do on the iPad? Uh, children can um, connect to the program through the device, such as iPad, and that's allowed if um, we already have a setup, of course, programmed. Mm -hmm. um, children can use like badges uh, to click on the right image, um, answer quiz question, and um, play instruments by clicking the different um, instruments that might be showing on the iPad. So they can actually interact uh, with the program directly, and the TV can also give back feedback, such as like you got it right, you got a little stamp on the TV, rather than just playing separately on the Okay, very nice. Looks very cool. And uh, it's in the prototype phase right now. Any plans to launch it to the public either here or abroad? Um, we are um, currently working with EBS. It's a South Korean educational broadcasting uh, channel. Okay. So um, we are looking to launch it sometime soon. We're going to be field testing it this year. Um, so it will definitely be um, out in the market with uh, EBS, and we are looking for um, potential market here or anywhere else that might be interested in our technology. Okay, great. Well, thanks very much, and good luck. Thank you. All right, well, that's going to be a wrap for this week's episode of the Innovation Engine podcast. We had a great time out here at the NAB show in Las Vegas. Special thanks to everyone who was willing to give us a few minutes of their time in what was a very busy week for all. In order of appearance, we had Bernie Reno from AccuWeather, Jack Arkey from Verizon, Gear Skoden from DTS, Ken Leppingwell from Wegener, Chris Black from BizRT, Gary Nerlinger from GigaNet TV, and Jisoo Yu and Soon Chul Kim from ETRI. Special thanks also to Alan Danzis of Golan Harris and Reva Wilkins of GigaNet for their assistance in lining up interviews. Don't forget to tune into next week's podcast when we'll have Dr. Mahesh Joshi, Director of the Innovation and Entrepreneurship Program at George Mason University, on the podcast to discuss the importance of process on innovation. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you next week.